Hey there, welcome to the Seinfeld Show. I'm Chris. Got the whole gang here today. Craig and Laura, yeah. how are you guys doing? Doing well, how are you guys? Good. It's stunning. We're in season four, and we're into season four. This isn't just a premiere anymore. It's the pitch. Yeah. And yeah, Seinfeld's getting good. I, I like this episode. Hopefully there's not... It seemed like season three had a bunch of swings and misses or home runs. It's kind of like baseball today, where you've got a home run and you strike out. And hopefully season four is a little bit more consistent. I want a better average here. So overall, to start out, were you guys in favor of the pitch? or You guys yeah. are going to blast it now. I'm, I'm seeing no, a couple no, looks. No, 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 no. I was, you know, Laura can go ahead first if she'd like. Laura had a really pained look on her face. Thank goodness for audio only. It's good. It, the only reason I had that look on my face is because right before we signed on, I okay. was thinking to myself how weak the, like, the second part of the Newman and Kramer yeah. storyline is. But that's in the next episode. So um, I, I enjoy I enjoy the first part of it a lot because, you know, it it's prime George just freaking out and losing his losing his mind. You know, I honestly don't know <laughs> on that. The reason we're saying this is because on Netflix, this episode and the next one are together as mm. one episode. Yep. And I don't know where the pitch ends necessarily. So right. um, I'm trying, I'm going to try like, I mean, they're in, I mean, they're in the meeting. They see Devola before the meeting. I mean, how far do they, does it end where they walk in? No, we actually are there. I, I saw it via a Comedy Central, like, airing of it on YouTube TV and they got through the meeting and they got through Jerry yelling at George at the end. Okay. Okay. And yeah. it got to when they went back to the apartment and Susan comes in with George and all this other stuff. So Okay. Yeah, that was about the ending point. Um with yeah. the old TV. So um I am I'll, I'll just go for my thoughts. I mean again, this show's thirty years old. I don't think we have to go in exact order, but you know, we could just go for some thoughts we had. I actually took good notes today, which is good. Today was a real busy day and I took good notes. I'm like I, I was I uh, busy day at work. I got freelance, I got possible things down the road, emailing me. There's a lot of messages going on, but I took good notes, so be proud of me. This is good. Um I don't know if this happens. We're not comedians. Um do you wonder if people come out and pitch themselves to Jerry or, like, comics these days? I mean, there's so many streaming services. I bet that happens a little bit more than even may have happened back then when there's only three channels. But Jerry gets a pretty aggressive pitch. It's not like, hey, hopefully we'll like it. It's like, hey, we'll do a show with you and everything. Uh, I wonder, I'm guessing it happens more because there's so many more outlets for stuff. <laughs> It probably does. I mean, it has to start somewhere. I mean, yeah. they probably have to. I mean, I'm, he has an agent. We haven't met her yet, right? Right, right, right. And I don't think we meet her until until he gets booked at the school. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I would think they would normally go through an agent, but they just happen to go see him. Oh yeah, and it the show. It was an aggressive pitch, man. I wish, yeah. 
I wish I was rec- got recruited for jobs like that. It was pretty like over the top. Hey, yeah. You want a show? We're going to get you a show. And I'm going, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice promise. Wouldn't you like to have that sometime? Oh, man. That'd be, that'd be great. <laughs> and, and you got to think, too. I mean, if you take a step back and like, well, it's Jerry Seinfeld, a well-known comic. Well, on the show, he was still up and coming. I mean, he was on Tonight Show from time to time. But, you know, it was, it was a pretty aggressive pitch. I, I wonder, too, how much that is like real life. Because, you know, we talked about this for the first three shows. Yeah, Seinfeld, especially year one and two, is eh, at best. And I heard a lot about the ratings were great, but they liked Jerry, and they wanted him to have the show. And they probably had every reason in the world to cancel the show after season one and two, but they've kept it up. So I'm wondering if art imitates life. I mean, they're almost kind of telling what really happened in real life. It seems like it does, in this, yeah. especially in these yeah. these few episodes where they this arc. Because, I mean, it is a show about nothing, you know. It... I mean, they're making fun of, you know, people writing a sitcom, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I mean, it it does. It's similar, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the part, you know, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but it's good, where, like, George was talking about, hey, it's a sitcom, you know, like, we don't, we don't have to know what we're doing or whatever. And I love how George kind of made himself into a sitcom writer, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> he pretty well, much he, saw he, You know, he did have his... Uh his off off Broadway experience to yeah. uh, <laughs> help him land the role here as a uh, sitcom writer. Well, it, it's the classic, you're friends with somebody and now you think that you have their role. I mean, we're all journalists. I mean, I guess journalism isn't as prestigious as comedy, but I'm trying to think of anybody ever thought they'd be a writer just because they hung out with me. I don't know. <laughs> Probably well, you not. know what though? He, he did come up with the idea. Right. And, and Jerry liked it. You know, obviously Jerry was given several. It's funny how Jerry and George were the pitch men for this show. And then as soon as it comes out that he's going to pitch a show to NBC, everybody starts pitching him ideas right. of what the show could be about. And, you know, obviously George is the, uh, you know, he stuck around, I think, because maybe Jerry thought he was onto something with the the show about nothing. And, you know, so it's, and I think it's different too. Like you can pitch shows or movies but not necessarily be involved in the writing process so like you might have a great idea but writing it just isn't your thing and you can hire a writer to flesh out those ideas now in this case george wants to do all of it he wants to be involved you know to every degree and Mm -hmm. you know you could even argue too that jerry probably even though he's a comedian he writes his own jokes it's a big difference writing jokes for a stand-up routine, even if it goes for an hour, versus writing, you know, a show that's going to have plot points and development and characters and and trying to fully realize something living, even though you are living it. So, you know, it's it. I'm not saying that Jerry wouldn't be have been a main writer on a story like this, but you almost think that they would have been like, okay, well, we're going to pair you up with some other writers that maybe have experience in terms of developing plot and understanding pacing and things like that and and telling a narrative story within 20 to 21 minutes. And I kind of felt what those guys went through too, because, you know, 
I, I don't have a humongous desire to like develop a comedy, but you always sit there and think, what would you develop? Like, you know, we're in this business a little bit. Like, yeah. if we ever developed a sitcom, what's our winning idea? And as much as I want to do it, I kind of felt like Jerry and George, what do they write about? And I love mm-hmm. the kind of the pitches that George starts throwing at Jerry, because they're all horrible. Um, I like the first one, uh, a gymnastic coach. He's pushing his son to be in gymnastics, and Jerry's yeah. like, "Why? What? Why is that a show?" I'm trying to think. Of, is there any other shows anywhere remotely close to that? I can't think of any. Not well, Kramer, or- Kramer had the. Um, well, yeah. I mean, no, I don't think anybody. Uh, well, I mean, there's been movies about gymnastics and stuff, but right. sitcoms, yeah, not so much. But uh, it was it was fun to to see the everybody pitching ideas and. Kramer, of course, with his circus story idea, which was kind of interesting. But I don't know. I can kind of relate to these guys. You know, they're they're nervous about the pitch, and you know, I get nervous still sometimes when I throw out a story idea in a in a reporter meeting, just wondering, are these people going to think this is the worst story idea they've ever heard? You know, or is it going to be like, oh yeah, that's a good idea? So, you know, I can only imagine the anxiety ramped up when you're trying to pitch to a network that, you know probably says no to 95% of the stuff that they get pitched. Well, I don't take part in my editor's means as much anymore. Um, I got supplanted. Laura and I have. uh, There's an inside story about the guy who's supplanted me in these meetings, but which is okay. But I get really nervous in those meetings when I make any suggestions because I'm like, I don't want to say it, but they're all the editors and they'll probably knock me down or whatever. So it's, it's always fun. I, I would say of the three ideas I heard, um, maybe it probably won't work in the 90s, but I kind of like George's idea. Guy runs an antique story. He's trying to help other people out. I mean, at the time of Seinfeld, that'd be laughable, but uh, one show I really loved on NBC was Ed. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, I never the, watched it. Oh, yeah. It was quirky. It was fun. Uh, it was this guy... It goes to a small town. He moves away to New York to be a lawyer. His wife cheats on him. They get divorced. He comes back. Uh, he's chasing the girl he liked in high school. He's not a teacher. But he's a lawyer, but he runs this bowling alley. And has a lawyer's office in the back of the bowling alley. So it's kind of like this. You know, antique store owner. He helps somebody out. I mean, yeah, maybe in the era of Seinfeld that won't work. But I, I, I could write that show. I, I think that, that could be a good show. Yeah, I think one of the things that... The, the challenge, I think, is that these networks, they don't want to just have, now granted it's probably different now in the age of streaming where no one really cares if your show is a one-off kind of season. But back then, you know, you'd almost, you know, you, you want to pitch something that has legs to it, though. Right. Because if, if something is like, well, we got a good idea for one show, like one episode, it, 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 as great as the idea is, if it doesn't have legs to move forward, it's not a TV series. And I think that's part of the problem with, like, you know, the gymnastics coach or the antique store. Like, do do they have that longevity aspect to them? And, and could, could they be multiple seasons? Right. Nowadays, you could probably pitch a single idea, and if it's one season off, then so be it. No one's really going to be upset about that. But back then, you know, you're you're pitching things for the long haul. You know, you were, you wanted the things to have longevity, like Mash or Dallas. Right. You know, you didn't want to have, and you know, I, I think that's probably what the apprehension was at first when, you know, 
they're explaining the idea of it, the show about nothing because people would think about that and like, well, how far can you take that? You know, even if you, even yeah. if it's a fun idea for like a comedy special, could it be a series? And I think that's probably why Russell was like, I, I got up and went to work, you know, oh, that's a show <laughs> like, well, who's going to care about that? So, or who's going to want to watch that or, you know, what really can you explore without getting too much to the edges of, of good quality programming? It was funny when they were in the waiting room, I noticed, and I, it probably was the only picture they focused on. I don't think there's any reason behind it, but like the main show they were promoting at the time was Blossom. And I'm like, whoa, I mean, that, that, that was quality sitcoms back then. Yeah. Should we ever do a rewatch of Blossom? I mean, we put <laughs> Frasier on hold. Uh, I gotta say, I liked Blossom. Yeah. <laughs> I well, liked it, but I don't know that okay. I'd to rewatch I mean, it. Well, they announced a very special episode. You're like, oh my, is she pregnant? You know, I mean, there was all kinds of. Uh, didn't get into too many very special episodes of Blossom. Yeah. yeah. It was a fun show, but the too many special episodes was weird. Uh, you should check out Funny or Die. They make fun of the old special episodes in the 90s and 2000s. They <laughs> overdub them, and it's great. There's a lot of, what was the Pastor's Family show? Oh, my wife used to love that. Oh. I don't know. The, the guy that got in trouble, it was like on the CWs or WB or something. Like he was a pastor's family, and their kids were kind of strange. Oh, uh, Seventh Heaven. Yeah, Seventh Heaven, and yeah. the dad got in trouble. Yeah, for yeah, the dad got canceled. Okay. <laughs> right, really, so. really bad trouble, <laughs> yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Right, right. But but like funnier died, they would make fun of all these episodes because like he would freak out when he saw marijuana with his kids and everything. It's got him, but check it out sometime. Um, all right. Newman and Kramer, and haven't seen the second part of the episode yet. I'm, I'm kind of a little troubled by the second part. If you guys are saying it's not good, but the <laughs> yeah, first part, it just, yeah, I mean, wasn't yeah. anything to write home about after a good episode to start the one hour. Yeah. I yeah. mean, we've seen the two parter now. I mean, it's not uncommon for Seinfeld at this point in the in the watch that we've done so far, but this seems like a very flimsily put together disjointed two-part episode mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely well what what do you think about this because it, it, it's strange i i can't think of any time where i've been trading stuff as an adult like where you really are going into saying i will trade you this for that i mean i remember as a kid i used to be really <laughs> into collecting baseball cards so i would go over to a friend's house just to trade baseball cards. I mean, we wouldn't even talk about school, girls, or anything. It would just be, bring over your cards, I'll bring over my cards, let's do some trades. And in, in essence, there were pieces of cardboard. I mean, it wasn't like you go home and your mom's like, man, why'd you trade away your bike or something? You know, it was just more of a simple trade for trade. Did you have anything like that as a kid? Or yeah. are you guys involved in trades as adults? Like, are you going over to people's house and... <laughs> Definitely no trades as adults. I okay. mean, yeah, that was a strange. I mean, it's almost like they didn't really know what to do with Kramer and Newman here, and they but they had like the framework of an idea. Like, well, let's they have Kramer. Honest. Let's have Kramer get a concussion, and then he'll be Newman's alibi for a speeding ticket. Okay, now what right. do we do now? It almost right. came across like it was like, well, 
well, what if they traded items that one of them wanted, like instead of just going and buying the item, like you can't buy a bike helmet anywhere in the city of New York, or you can't buy a radar anywhere in the city. Like it just, it, it seemed like it was, uh, they had the framework and they had some good joke ideas, but then it was kind of like, oh, well, what do we do? Is, the best is that the punishment for Kramer trading a broken radar detector was for him to be forced to commit perjury. Yeah. yeah. You know, he could, he <laughs> which could is go a, to jail. You which know? is a, yeah. a very, very, very serious offense. Yeah. yeah. I he mean, go to jail. Way, more, way more serious than anything that Newman, I mean, Newman faced a $75 fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Kramer uh, really, really, I don't know if he really thought that one through. Now, granted, he did have a concussion, so I guess I can yeah. see why, but uh, not the best idea from Kramer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was just, and they're they're saying "Don't be a renegger, renegger," and it was just kind of that was a strange phrase back then. I, yeah. I don't know. I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, if you say it wrong, it could be a really bad phrase. So I just, you know, uh, you know, when you when you look back on the the two of them, though, there were there were a lot of weird things that they did. Remember, they were going to go into the rickshaw business with people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they were, remember when they were playing uh, Battleship, was it? Yeah. I can't remember. It was one of those war games, like... Uh, oh, Risk, right? Games. They played Risk every time. Too. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. It was okay. something like war game type yeah. with a board game. And, you know, of course, you can't uh, trust somebody to leave the game, you know, so you got to carry it everywhere you go, and they're running down the street with it, and... You know, they did all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah. I, again, I only watched the first part of the episode. I don't remember the second part. I'm sure once I watch it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen this a lot of times. There's a lot uh, of stuff in the second part, and I'm not yeah. even halfway through. And it was strange because, like, again, I just taped it off Comedy Central. I'm not sure if they played the second part right after the first, because it kind of ended in an abrupt spot. And,. You know, originally, I was looking at IMDb, and they said that this episode was presented as one piece. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, it was an actual, like... A single episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like hour-long It was a very episode. special... Okay. It was, yeah, hour-long. It was long, a very special no... Seinfeld. And in fact, if you watch the... Um, if you watch the Netflix, which it, it's, it literally is just one full 43 or 41-minute episode... There really isn't even like a natural break. Like when you no. were asking earlier, Chris, about, or I know Laura, you asked about when this yeah. like episode broke up in half. It didn't really break. Like I, I noticed that when I was watching, I was like, because I paused it and I'm like, oh, there's only 18 minutes left. They didn't even really have like a transitional, this is the next episode kind of thing. It was just literally played out like one singular episode. That's kind of why I watched it like that because that's all the options there were for me. Well, I wonder too. Like half, half these channels that I've been finding with YouTube TV, they'll pretty much just say, "Okay, let's do King of Queens all day," and you get twenty straight episodes or Seinfeld all day or The Office all day. And right. I wonder why they just didn't make it an hour long show. Like, I don't know why. You know, it was kind of weird. It was weird the way it cut off. And I know anytime you have commercials, it gets weird. But yeah, it, it was just very strange. Um. Okay, so they. Yeah, so the party thing, they always mention the party with Kramer. And we've only seen the first half of it. I kind of lost 
the oomph of the party. You know what I mean? It just, uh, Joe DeVola got mad because he wasn't invited to the party. And uh, so I guess there's going to be more party references in the second part of the episode, right? Not, I, I mean, I th- unless it was in the first episode, the only really real reference they have after the initial showdown between Jerry and Joe in, in the NBC office was that Jerry told Kramer about him saying there was a party and Kramer didn't want him there. And then I think after that, the only real reference, and it, they don't, I don't even think they referenced it by name, was basically saying that Kramer was attacked by Joe Davola and he was kicked in the helmet, and that's why he gets the concussion. Oh, okay. So I don't really think the uh, second episode really has any real references to the party that was supposed to be happening or whatever. They did, They never really paid that off, necessarily. Okay. Um, the meeting, obviously, kind of went awry. Uh, George <laughs> was really pushing to nothing, and you know, when you're at a meeting with high-ranking people, you got to kind of just on the fly a little bit. You don't necessarily have to give up everything you feel, but, you know, George goes in from a, hey, I just, I kind of talked myself into being a writer but some friends with Jerry, to, yeah, hey, this is my idea. Take it. We're sorry. We're, we walk, you know. What you got Jerry on, man? I think George looked at it like he had nothing to lose. I mean, I don't know what you mm-hmm. think, Laura, but. Jerry had probably more to lose because he was the initial guy that was pitched right. and they want the story to center around him. And then George comes in and has this idea, which is a good idea. And it, it could, it worked obviously with Seinfeld in real life, but um, you know, George just looked at it like, yeah, take it or leave it. I don't care. I don't have anything to lose here. I'm still going to be the same George if it's accepted or not. I don't know what you thought about that, Laura, but that's kind of how I looked at it. You know, it's funny one thing that i wrote down before like when they were sitting in the lobby waiting um it was like one of the only times we see george like have an acknowledgement of the fact that he's a gigantic loser you know yeah like he like totally melts down and he's like what am i doing here what you know (laughs) i mean he has like he's like they have people these are people with jobs you know (laughs) it was i mean it it was some it was like a little bit it was a little refreshing um you know and of course he just completely goes off the rails and in some ways jerry is to blame because jerry's like pepping him up you know mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. before they walk in the door um and also what is the deal with jerry i'm sorry with george and his thing with names and trying to guess the spellings of their names. Oh yeah, that was also weird, man. the fact that Daryl Daryl Rimple lied to him and told him he, he's like, "There's is there a Y? No, yes there is." <laughs> I mean, you know, as a journalist, I, I guess like I know sometimes when we interview people, like mm-hmm. we want to say, "Hey, what, what's the spelling of your name?" But it's more of, hey, it's what we got to do. And I want to have your name spelled right. George was like a party trick. You know, it's like, hey, I know yeah. how to spell your name. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I think he looked at it like it was an impressive trait to, to yeah. possess. And I guess when you don't have a whole lot to go on with George, you might right. gravitate right. towards, hey, I can spell people's names right. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it was just inserted. I mean, I don't remember him really, you know, calling back to this in future episodes. And even if he no. did. But the it, it toilet, really just, yeah, the toilet really, thing is mentioned yeah. here. It, the, he the is, bath, yeah, the bath, the the bath tissue. It just yeah. kind of seemed like it was thrown in, like you know, this is 
part of George's like insecurities and neuroticism where he's just so wound up and he, he tries to impress people and he's <laughs> nervous all the time and oh here's this party trick I'm going to try to spell your name right and you'll sure. be impressed with me if I get it right or something you know what mm -hmm. I mean so yeah it, it seemed like a throwaway but it, I guess it kind of goes to what George is like and you know sort of how woundly tight he is well, maybe George would be a good reporter. I When I was an editor for a <laughs> weekly chain, I had a report. It was good. Well, known in the area. But she never asked people how to spell their names. And, like, I would confront her going, you know, we ran a story where you spelled three people's names wrong. And she's like, oh, you know, that's just me. It's, you know, I'm quirky that way. I'm like, no. Could you imagine, could you imagine George, though? Could you imagine George's character uh, doing something and, and drawing the ire of a reader? And getting like a negative oh, comment, man. I don't know that he could deal with that. I, I think he yeah. would like it would drive him up a up a up a hill, just like wondering if every little walking on eggshells moment for him. <laughs> I don't know that he could do something quite like that. That could be our idea. We'll rewrite Seinfeld, <laughs> bring back the old cast in a twenty twenty two newsroom. You know, yeah, every, yeah. Uh, how we're we're like now. We'd probably like it. Maybe a couple of friends of ours in the industry would, and probably everyone else I hate it, but yeah. oh well. So, all right. Any other thoughts on uh, the ticket? I have a couple of small things I wanted to bring up. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, I'm sorry to pitch. I'm looking at my Tickets YouTube. Next, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it'll be next week, but. No, all right. I don't think so. Well, next week we'll talk about the ticket, the second part of the series. And if you're watching old TV like I do, um, another show, which is kind of weird, but it's okay. Um, any other... We've had some streaming conversations recently. Anything else come up streaming-wise? I know, uh, Craig, you and George are going to talk about um, some of the HBO stuff. You know, HBO Discovery is merging, and it might cost HBO a little bit in terms of content. Yeah, yeah, and Disney Plus is apparently going to be raising their rates as they usher in a new ad-supported tier that will cost what the current tier costs, so we'll be talking about that as well. So lots of streaming going on right now in the uh, the world of Hollywood. So what does that mean for the H for the that Hulu deal? Well, Hulu apparently, I don't know when their contract necessarily ends, but I do know that there's possibility that, I, and I don't think it'll happen because I think it's too valuable for Disney to get rid of Hulu, but there has been talks that Hulu could be sold um, and it would be a valuable property. Although one of the issues that I think you're going to see is uh, like Peacock, for instance, is going to be taking a lot of their programming back from Hulu and a lot of their new programming will not go to Hulu. Uh, because obviously they have Peacock now, so NBC Universal doesn't need to to benefit from a, a place like Hulu to have people watch their shows outside of having cable. So, you know that it'll be interesting to see. But, but Hulu has worked very well for Disney as being sort of their anything goes network, where you can have a rated R movie or a rated R TV show or whatever. But Disney Plus is starting to kind of gravitate towards having some of that content. Like they have the Marvel TV series that were on Netflix that were mature audiences. They have Deadpool movies now on Disney Plus. 
Logan was a rated R comic book film. So I kind of wonder if this is Disney Plus's testing the waters to see what it would look like if they sold off the rights to Hulu. Maybe take over what they want. Like, obviously, they have all the 20th Century Fox library because of the deal they have with Fox. So, you know, I don't know that they want to sell that kind of stuff with Hulu, but I don't know if something like that would be a part of the Hulu deal if they were to sell to Apple TV Plus or Amazon or whoever may be interested in purchasing Hulu. So it'll be interesting to see as these companies and and Disney did announce a a pretty like almost a $14 million uptick in subscriptions over the, over the last quarter. So they're definitely raking them in here. They have over 152 million subscribers now. So they're, they're, they're really getting close to, to, to Netflix right now. So a lot of movement going on. A lot of people are trying to kind of get their own territory and keep it and say it's theirs and they don't have to share it anymore. Like, you once did when there was only Netflix. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you got probably eventually a three-way battle. You got Netflix. You'll have like next year with the merger of HBO and Discovery, and then maybe you'll have like a revamped Disney in the near future. That that yeah. could be your three biggest choices in terms of streaming. I think that I think those are the three biggest ones. But I mean. Paramount Plus and Peacock are sort of the sleeping giants as well, like HBO Max, because HBO Max is tied with Warner's, and Warner Brothers has a very vast vault of movies and television programming that they can eventually have. And the same could be said, though, with Paramount Plus, with CBS Viacom, and with Peacock, with NBC Universal. You know, you start thinking about some of these, you know, expiring contracts of. You know, who has the, the, the shared rights to like the Fast and Furious movies, even though they're NBC Universal properties, they've sold those rights, you know, to be spread out across Netflix and HBO and whatever. At some point in the future, if, if NBC Universal wants to say, no, 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 we're not doing that. The only place you can find the Fast and Furious franchises on Peacock, they could do that. I mean, there's money to be made in selling the rights to, to rotate off of your your streaming service and go to another but then have them rotate off of them and come back but if they want to they can be exclusive and i think a lot of the new stuff that you're seeing especially over the last couple of years a lot of that new stuff is just not going to go is not going to go elsewhere it's going to stay where it's at not just the originals but movies and things like that they're really going to push i think to say this is the only place you can get it. You're going to need to subscribe if you want to watch X, Y, and Z. I saw an interesting story the other day, and I'll have to send you a link. You'll probably see it, Craig. Um, Walmart Plus, about a year ago, they started their service, and it's mostly yeah. for free shipping. You can have your groceries sent to your home and everything. Well, they're finding that they're kind of trailing Amazon Plus because even though Amazon's more of a shipping thing, you got video there. I mean, you can stream stuff off Amazon. So I hear Walmart's trying to figure out how to get into that system. I don't think they're going to be doing their own movies, but they were seeing how they could utilize like Paramount content and other stuff where I'm not sure if they'll say, Hey, subscribe to Walmart plus and we'll give you Paramount for free. Or if they're just going to house it, maybe create their own video platform and get the rights to put the Paramount plus video content on there. So, it would be, yeah, a partnership would help with a lot. I mean, you know, you, you've got, you know, HBO Max and Discovery Plus merging has created a, like, 
a three billion dollar deficit so it's not like these mergers aren't coming with some sort of a cost but the idea is that you're going to uptick your subscription base by having that extra content right so walmart walmart plus working with amazon or working with whoever could benefit you know i mean you know obviously i don't think walmart has any financial backing on in terms of movie production and things like that but they have money and it could be another service where you you combine forces and all of a sudden walmart money can help offset some of your costs and your costs can offset some of that and maybe you can have exclusive deals on groceries or things that you can purchase at those stores so that you know it, it partnerships are a thing in the future i think when you look at these streaming services Amazon last year bought MGM, which is the James Bond franchise, and they paid a lot of money for it. Right. And, you know, Apple TV Plus was in on that negotiation. They were interested in that because content's key. And if you can buy some of these ancillary studios or properties that don't have their own services, you can set yourself up for having programming that no one else can offer. Well, the problem is content costs way too much, though. I mean, even for like Netflix to say, "Hey, we're going to be the exclusive distributor of Seinfeld," they paid millions and millions. Oh, they of paid five hundred million dollars, and it was yeah. probably more than they needed to, and it was probably a show that didn't quite. And I know we've talked about this, where it, did, it probably didn't quite fit what what that network really or what that streaming service really is. But you know, and George and I have talked about this. They they lack a lot of those programs that people just know, Friends. Yeah. Big Bang Theory, South Park, all these other all these other properties that were snatched up during the streaming wars, essentially, they didn't have anything. They lost friends. They lost some of these big properties. Yeah. And Seinfeld was one of those that was just kind of hanging out. And they like, well, we might as well scoop it up. We have money. It probably isn't going to be a return on investment. But we need something to kind of cater to different audiences because right now, there aren't a lot of shows, I don't think, that really cater to like Seinfeld audiences, yeah. and maybe they think that that's going to bring in a, a subscriber or two. And I don't know if it's been a fruitful transaction for them, but it is what it is, and they'll have it for however many more years. And you know, I don't know that they'll renew the contract at five hundred million, but yeah. it's probably likely going to go. I, I think Seinfeld would be perfect on HBO Max. Personally. I was just gonna say that, yeah. Or, e- or even any other one, you know, Peacock would be fine because Peacock has King of Queens, Everybody Loves Raymond, a lot of those other programs that I think a lot of like-minded people would watch. But HBO Max is sort of known for the quality, and they do have sitcoms. You know, they have like Family Matters and stuff like that. I, I just I feel like it would fit either at Peacock, which obviously was an NBC show. Or HBO Max, I think your audiences would probably respect, you know, would, would would watch it a little bit more than you're probably getting on Netflix. So you one know, more. Oh, sorry, Lori. That I, while you were talking, I just remembered that um, Netflix is losing another series that, to me, is a pretty important one. Um, Shit's Creek is going from yeah. Netflix to Hulu. Yeah, oh, it's, it's about that. Yeah. is a big deal for them. Yeah, it's going to be a loss. That's going to be a big yeah. loss for them, and that because especially too with its. I mean, maybe it's not quite riding the wave as it once was when it was getting right. 
scoring a lot of Emmy nominations towards the end of its run, but it's still a popular show. And I think people are still finding it and it's going to hurt them mm-hmm. not having a program that's especially there with more recency knowledge than Seinfeld, which was 30 years ago, almost in yeah. the finale. Yeah. I still think there's got to be deals made somewhere where you could share some of this content back and forth. Because I think people are starting to get really streamed out in terms of how many streaming services do you have. And it would be interesting to sit there and say, like, you know, we talk about sports, like the Guardians and the Cavs and the, uh, what's the other team up there? Browns? Well, well, Browns aren't on regional (laughs) TV. Uh, Or the hockey team. Maybe it's only the... Or I guess the Blue Jackets, if you count down Columbus. Uh, but the thing is, you pay like 20 bucks more, they're talking about, for a streaming service for his local sports teams. And mm-hmm. people aren't going to do that. I like sports. I'm not paying mm-hmm. 20 bucks extra a month for that. And it'd be interesting. Like, I'm looking here at YouTube TV. How much could YouTube TV pay Bally's to say, we'll house your content on YouTube TV. We'll pay you a fee to do that. Or maybe like with... Like Squid Game. Like, Shits Creek was probably the biggest talker right now on Netflix. So probably the biggest talker is going to be whenever they come out in Season 2 of Squid Game. Well, could it profit Netflix if Hulu said, Hey, we'll also air it, but we'll pay you a bunch of money so we can air it also on Hulu. You know? But then but then people... And you don't need Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Netflix. 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 Or, or vice versa, because, you know, like... Right. I, I think the big the biggest thing is like having the quality and the depth. So like, okay, let's say you did that, but then people are gonna say, Well, but I actually like Hulu's offerings on the other stuff more than Netflix, then right. Netflix loses a subscriber yeah. and right. it just hurts the bottom line overall. I think their benefit is saying you can only watch Squid Game on Netflix. You'll never be able to see it. You'll you'll never even be able to see it in a physical copy because Netflix really doesn't have physical media they don't sell they don't sell dvd blu-ray 4k movie rights to people so you can't even really find netflix programming or movies original content at best buy or walmart in the dvd aisle so that's the benefit of netflix is that they've they've decided like we don't want you to to say well there's only one good netflix show and it's x y or z I'll just wait until they release it on Blu-ray and I'll buy it and I'll have it for the rest of my life. And I'll never, I'll pay one fee and I'll never have to worry about renewing my subscription or prices going up. So the idea is that Netflix is like, no, you are going to have to subscribe every month. If you want to watch this show and then that show and then that show, or you're going to have to subscribe again. If you want to rewatch a show, maybe if you decide to cancel. So, okay. That's the beauty of Netflix. That's also maybe the, the thing that sucks because there's a lot of people that like physical copy media and Netflix just doesn't offer it. Well, you're right. If it's not available anywhere else, then you got to go back to Netflix. So. Yeah. Very good. All right. Any other thoughts on any of this stuff? We're no. Look at the time. So. It's getting it's a dinner lot time. higher. Yeah, it's yeah. dinner time. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for checking out Seinfeld Show again. Seinfeld is on Netflix, so... We kind of talked a little streaming at the end of each show. Next week is the... The ticket. The, the second ticket. part of this. Second part of it. So check it out for Craig and... Oh, yeah. Well, check our Cash App. Easy way of saying money back and forth to each other. 
if I want to pay Laura's Netflix, if we both have Cash App, I can send her the money. So, <laughs> no, Laura, but, idea. Yeah, my Netflix. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you download it from our. Uh, well, you click the link to download it. Attach your link to it. Oh, well, attach your account to it, and you'll we'll, we'll put five bucks to your account. Well, not me personally, but Cash App will put five <laughs> bucks to your account. I really don't have that much money at all. So, uh, thanks for checking out the show for Laura and Craig. This is Chris. Have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.